Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to another episode of the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash. And as you saw by the title of the show, today we have a special guest, Lauren Burroughs, will be on the show. Now, I know I have a lot of wrestlers on the show and some coaches, and I want to add to that. I want to widen the guest pool within this sport. Lauren is not only the wife of arguably the greatest wrestler in the world, she's super smart. She's a graduate of Columbia with a degree in journalism. She's been ingrained in this wrestling community since she was a little girl. She's seen a lot and she knows a lot. Jordan and Lauren have been good friends of mine for a long time, and one of the many fun things about this friendship is getting to see the side of Jordan that he doesn't show and seeing it through the lens of his wife, Lauren. Now, this episode isn't just about Jordan. Lauren also has such an incredible personality, and she's incredibly smart. Part of the show, we're going to talk about her perspective of being in the relationship with an Olympic and gold medalist, of course, but also building a personal brand and utilizing social media and doing so within the sport. I think she has a very unique perspective that I'm not sure many have of the sport of wrestling. So I think this episode is going to have a lot of application for many. After you listen to it, let me know what you think about it. Send me an email, a direct message, tweet me, send me a DM on Instagram, whatever you want. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and come back for more episodes. If this is your first time here, thank you for stopping by and giving the podcast a listen. Your time is valuable and I appreciate it. If you're a wrestling fan, go back and give a listen to the dozens of NCAA World and Olympic champions, including Jordan Burroughs, who have been on the show. The first 25 episodes are just filled with so many good wrestling stories. For now, let's dive into the conversation that you tuned in for, a conversation with the wonderful and 40 weeks pregnant, Lauren Burroughs. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And here we have Lauren Burroughs. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm pumped for this episode. Like, I've, ever since we were talking about it over the weekend, I just got more and more excited because, like, that's why as I started writing out the topics and outlining what we're going to talk about, it's like, and this, and this, and no, this. There's so much to talk about. So let's let's start at the beginning. Let's because I feel like so many people. It's funny you were helping me write that press release earlier where we talked about the backstories and how much people don't know, and I feel like both with Jordan. Jordan has a very strong filter. He's very good at controlling the narrative. And the one negative to that is he doesn't get more of the backstory out there. And you obviously know the entire backstory. And your I think your story is fascinating too. So let's let's start at the beginning. Tell me your personal involvement with wrestling and your family's involvement in wrestling and where your paths kind of crossed with Jordan. Yeah, so wrestling has been a part of my life since I was probably six years old, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my father wrestled growing up and then he wrestled in college for a little bit. And then, so when he had, I was born first and then he had three boys. So back then, you know, women's wrestling was not what it is now. So he, he just knew like, I want, I want my boys to wrestle. He was really passionate about it. He loved the sport. He loves wrestling. Probably. I, I more than almost anybody I know. Um, so he, he put my brothers into youth wrestling and he also coached them going up through, um, through high school. And he was the coach of cadet national teams and, and junior teams. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the New York state freestyle and Greco Roman teams they had. So I was just thrust into it, um, as a kid, always around it. I knew the lifestyle, very well. Um, 
and I, I did other sports, but I was doing, I was practicing them like in the wrestling room during our practices. <laughs> like I, I just was around it all the time. So I was, I'm very familiar. I was very familiar with it from a young age and, you know, I wasn't a wrestler myself, but I was actually my brother's practice partner. So I didn't compete, but I wrestled a lot. Right. And it just was, was a major part of my life. And then you, I believe you met Jordan at one of your brother's tournaments, wasn't it? I forgot which tournament it was. <laughs> so it's the, so my youngest brother, Maddie, my brother's all wrestling college, but my youngest brother uh, was pretty good. He wrestled for American and he wrestled in the NCAA championships the year they were in Philly, which happens to be the year Jordan won it. Well, he won it twice, but it was one of the years he won it. Um, so I was there to watch my brother. He always, Jordan likes to tell a story. He loves telling the story because we were all there to watch my brother and we were there in the early rounds and I just so happened to be sitting right behind a mat where it was like a Thursday morning or like it was a, the earliest session that there's hardly anybody in the stands and Jordan came out to wrestle, I don't know, somebody in the first round. And my dad recognized him. <clears throat> and my dad was like, watch this kid. <laughs> he said verbatim, watch this kid. He's incredible. And he's going to be the next Olympic champ. What? And, and yeah. So, and I was just like looking at him like, oh, he's like tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> the joke is that he's dark. He was dark and handsome, but he was not tall. <laughs> but you know, you know, Jordan, like if you see Jordan from a distance in his singlet, he's very long. Yeah. So yeah. it appears like he's tall. Um, but anyways, we became Facebook friends. I added him on Facebook and I had a wrestling hat on in my in my profile picture. And he jokes that he I was like the only female wrestling <laughs> fan that and I just like I, I didn't even like, you know, you add people on yeah. Facebook. I rarely add people on Facebook, but I added him because, you know, it just stuck with me what my dad said. And I obviously watched him wrestle. He just had something special about him. And he hit me up. And we had so many similar friends because my brother, like one of my brothers wrestled for ASU. The other one wrestled in upstate New York. Obviously, you're neck of the woods, Brockport, and at UB. So, like, we just knew so many of the same yeah. people. We started talking, and we were just friends for a few years, and... Um, then he ended up doing a camp in Warsaw, another upstate New York town. And I was living in Buffalo working and we just linked up and I guess the rest is history. The funniest thing is like, I literally kind of met Jordan the same way because I want to say I was watching the NCAAs and that's when I'm like, man, this kid is so good. Like, I really think he could like, from a brand standpoint, I think he could be a star. Like this kid's going to do something. So I remember yeah. tweeting him and I'm like, Dude, like I just bought JordanBurrows.com. Like you need to really like start like let, let's do something. And he's like, yeah. all right, but I, you know, let's let's talk like after the Olympics. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And then literally like the day after he won the Olympics, we were going back and forth like, all right, it's time to build that website. So yeah. that was what like 2010, because then he went in 10 and 11. That was 2011, and he hadn't even like he had he hadn't even won. I mean, technically, I had. Adam, he hadn't even won NCAAs that year yet. And then obviously he didn't even win a world title yet. That's why it was so powerful what my dad said. Like he yeah. was like, yeah. he's going to be an Olympic gold medalist. Right. And it's like, he just could tell the way he wrestled and how he how dominant he was. He just thought it would translate into freestyle. And I guess he was, he was right. But yeah, that was 2011. Um, this, this spring of 2011 almost. I, I always forget that he did. He won. The, right from the NCAA's the Olympic trials to the team yeah. to gold medalist. Two two things off that. Then, even with what your dad said, do you think you have had any idea what would have come next? In, you mean in our relationship? Yeah, or in the, yeah. In the like, relationship, like you meet someone, no. you get excited, and you have no clue. Like, no. And he jokes now, like we linked up. Um, when he came out to Buffalo, he was like, hey, do you want to meet up? Um, I'm doing this camp in Warsaw, which was like 20 minutes from me. Um, and we met and he he still says to this day, he's like, 
I don't, I didn't even think you liked me. Cause like you didn't even like, I, I always played it cool. And you know, he was living in Nebraska and we had no idea. We had no idea, but we, like we both, we had a lot of fun and we just decided we'd be friends for a while. And then he just kept harassing me. <laughs> and didn't you guys break up for a while too? Yeah. Well, we didn't ever officially. I don't remember the whole thing. I remember like yeah, we didn't officially date until. Um, oh, here he is. He always he always has. He had to my... work himself into the meet cute story. <laughs> Yo, what's up, bro? You guys want to know the truth? Hit me up. You ready for the truth? Basically, you saw me out there on the mat. I told you. Muscles popping. <laughs> muscles on muscles. Muscles on muscles, looking right in the Nebraska singlet. And I haven't been able to get rid of her since <laughs> <laughs> last seven years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we didn't we didn't start dating because we were in two different states. We were I was I had graduated from like with my master's degree in journalism and I was working for the Buffalo News. Yep. And I, I was like working full time, had my own life, my own career. So like we were kind of just like we I, we were just friends for a while. Wow. Love you. Love you. Hey, Justin. Good to see you, man. Um. So we we didn't even really kind of explore the idea of dating for a while because it just wasn't. It just didn't seem possible. Yeah. And then, um. So that was that was 2011. I mean that was and we were just friends as like he won his world title and. Um, what else happened? He started, you know, started preparing for the Olympics and we were just talking, but like slowly by slowly it started to get more serious and we really started to grow in our faith. And in that, at that point we were like realizing like, listen, what are we, what are we doing? What, like we, we are, we just enjoyed each other's company so much. We just felt like we were called to be with one another. And that was even after the Olympics, like, you know, the Olympics happen and so much happens when you win an Olympic gold medal in terms of lifestyle and, um, just your everyday, you know, what your routine looks like. And I think after then he went through this period of like, what's next and, you know, a little bit of loneliness Nobody ever talks. A coach Slade does a really good job yeah. of talking. You know the the Helen and I talked about that when she came on the podcast. She was saying about like how much she wants to talk about the highs and lows of Olympic athletes and how depressing it can be. And you go like on this. Actually, Don and I were talking about it from a marketing standpoint. Like you have such a high for the Olympics, yep. and then it's like silence. Yeah, it's and the work. One of the downfalls of Olympics and sponsorships is that. You do not get a get a, a multitude of sponsorships until the following cycle. Yeah. So it's like yeah. a snowball effect. Like you could be like everyone after 2011 should have been like Jordan was the favorite in 2012, but he had virtually like I mean right. he was with nobody, and then you didn't see the fruits of his gold medal until 2016 when all the Olympic sponsors are are growing and even like leading up to 2020, like you're not even yep. on the team yet, but you've done so much to set the foundation that you see the fruits of that leading up to the next cycle. So, but anyways, after the, after 2012, you know, you come home, you win and he's a young kid. He, he's basically at home playing video games. Like, you know, like it, it just, yeah. it's really boring and um, empty for him. And he just, I think he, he realized, you know, like I want to share this with someone and not only that, but I want to, I want to be a part of something bigger than just like riding my gold medal yeah. <laughs> for as long as it lasts. So after that, it was a few months after London that he hit me up and he was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of doing this by myself and you know, I love you and all that stuff. So then we started, so we officially started dating after the Olympics and yeah. And then it wasn't, you know, within a year we were married. So that was a fun wedding. I remember your dad too at the wedding specifically saying, "I always knew I was going to have a what did he say like Olympic champion was it? I always knew I was going to have an Olympic champion in the family. I just didn't know it'd be somebody who married in or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that." <laughs> yeah, he he always imagined his son would be like a really incredible wrestler, but he just didn't know it would be his son-in-law. <laughs> 
and when you mention like the highs and lows of the Olympics and all that, when you guys started dating, did you feel the effects of that right away? Like, because I imagine there's there's part of you both that when you as soon as you get into a new relationship, there's obviously that like fairy tale component where everything's great. But at the same time, he was a high level athlete right out of the gate. And there was those professional highs and lows. Like, did you guys deal with that a lot early on? Um, you know, the biggest transition for me personally was was like reshaping my identity. Um, and that was that was what I was focused on. I think when we got married, it really helped Jordan um just like figure out what direction he wanted his life to go. So like where he was settling into like this new identity and really happy with it. And, and don't get me wrong. I was too. It, it took a lot more for me in that period to accept that like, okay, like you had a name for yourself. I I had built a name for myself in journalism in Buffalo and I had to like just release that. And so I let that go. And then on top of it, compounding that was that like, I moved to Nebraska where I didn't have my own friends. I didn't have any of my family. So I was literally doing everything with him. So I went from, okay, I'm a really important person in Buffalo to you. I was literally his help me, like his helper. I was traveling around with him and people were just like telling me how great he was. And I had so much pride. I was like, yeah, like I know he's great. I married him, but I'm great too. Like, and so it took me a long time. There was one dinner we went to, and this was kind of like the one of the um, like just the markers in our relationship after we got married. We were in, I think, like Garden City, Kansas, or something, okay. doing a camp. and we were sitting at a dinner table with like it must have been like thirty of the like the the camp or clinician coaches or whatever that brought us in to do this clinic brought Jordan in and like I had a coach next to me that was he was great and it was sweet but he would just like looked at me at one point in the dinner and he was like do you realize like how lucky you are (laughs) (laughs) and I remember I I just like was holding in tears and I'm like I'm tough and I don't cry much and I went to the bathroom and I just like bawled my eyes out and I was like which sounds so selfish but it nobody ever talks about that. Like when you marry into a, a relationship that, you know, somebody else is a very high, you know, they're, they have a very high purpose on their life. Yep. Um, and a lot of people want them and need them and ha- they have to answer to a lot of people. It, it, it's hard for that other person to accept that sometimes. So it took me, I would say a few months to like, appreciate it and then it was like I I learned to see it for how beautiful it was like and people always ask me now when we're waiting in line or something you know Jordan's got a line full of people signing autographs and people are like thank you for being here like I get it all the time like thank you so much for like waiting I know this has got to be really hard and my kids are like running around terrorizing people and (laughs) and I think to myself now like my my perspective has totally shifted to like what if nobody were standing in line for him? Yeah. Or like, what if like these people are all buying his shoes, which put food on our table. And it's so, it's amazing how much growth happened at that time. So like you're, I know you were asking like how hard it was for Jordan, but like really, I think he, he accepted it so gracefully and so excitedly. And for me, it was a little bit more gradual and took a lot of growth and perspective. And I totally love it now. And I know like we've talked about the dream sharing aspect before that I think you coined that phrase because I've never heard it before. You've said it a few times. And, you know, I I think it it does take so much because even on a small scale, like when Becca and I met her, her, I remember our first date, she told me she's going to L.A. to sing or to be an actress or something. And I'm like there's no way I'm moving to California. I just knew what God's calling my life was. I knew that wasn't for me. And it took a lot of sacrifice. Like, okay, how do we figure out what to do here? And I'm imagining, like, I don't know, it's, I guess, harder and easier at a higher level because it's easier in one aspect because 
Jordan's career is so defined. You can't argue that. Yeah. But on the on the other side, it's so much harder because it's so much more definitive. It's not just yeah. like if you go do this, okay, California. Like you had to commit because you didn't move to Nebraska till after the wedding, right? Yeah. Once we got married, it was like, okay, okay, I'm moving, and um, like you said, I just called it like I'm I'm adopting your dream, and I'm going to share it, and I'm going to sew into it, and commit to it, and 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 like you it, like you said too, it was it was easy because it was so obvious that that's what God put on his life that like it, it could not, you couldn't. And especially at that point in time, it was like, he had right. not lost yet. So it's like, he had not lost yet. He, you know, he had completely turned his life around after the Olympics and he was on this pursuit and on this path that was so, um, inspiring. And I just was like, I was drawn to it and I just wanted to help him. And, and I knew that like we could, I knew that I could do that more so if I left my career and I left my job and really like just partnered with what he was trying to do. And was it a lot of, was it like an instant sacrifice or was it like wrestling with God to figure out what you thought you should do? No, well, <laughs> actually, it's pretty funny because I was pregnant two weeks after I moved to Nebraska, <laughs> and I was toying with the idea of freelancing for the, the the paper here, the Journal Star, and I was so sick in those first few months that like I couldn't, I I had no desire to do anything but to just like lay around. So it was it it was just funny the way it worked out because I was I was planning on like freelancing and trying to do something. And then I was like, it was like, Hey, you're going to have a baby and you guys are going to have a family. So it was kind of decided for me and it made it a lot easier. And then how did you continue to adapt? Cause you've had so many highs and lows throughout the, both the marriage and then on the business and career side, like yeah. th there's, there's things that happen. I think both in the marriage that your business life kind of, I don't want to say it, it directly, it obviously directly impacts it, but sometimes can lessen the joy. Or if, if something happens and you're not in the position, like we were talking before about kids and how, okay, Beck and I have great flexibility. Like your lifestyle can kind of give you more joy for those things or take it away. Like what has that balance been like from a standpoint of you're, you guys are having kids doing so many things and you have to go with the ebbs and flows of the career. How do you balance all of that? I think like having a tight connection with your spouse is, is so important. And like Jordan and I talk so much with each other about everything. And also it's such a blessing. Like a lot of these RTC guys, a lot of these guys who are training for the Olympics and world championships, they are not gone the entire day. So like, you know, Jordan leaves to, and I think he has a similar schedule as a lot of these guys. Like, you know, he leaves to lift in the morning or, yep. you know, do some sort of cardio or conditioning or go to the chiropractor, whatever. He comes home during lunch and we have like a stretch of the day that we spend together that, you know, before it was with the babies and he'd help out. And now like our two kids are in, in school in the middle of the day. So there's like a lot of connecting that's going on during the middle of the day between us. And then he comes home after practice in the afternoon and we cook together and we put our kids to bed together. And, you know, when he travels, we don't always go, but I mean, I think we're pretty known for yeah. like traveling together and showing up at camps and clinics with him and sponsor, like sponsors have asked our family to be in commercials and the kids were just in a commercial with Jordan. Like, I think we are known as a family unit and as like a team not only just in the wrestling community, but in the Olympic community and internationally. That, right. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of, um, it, it just helps communication flow. So then when there are those struggles, it's like, well, let's talk about it. Jordan's really good about like, I'll just be like, Oh God, I'll, I'll ignore something. And he's like, no, let, like, let's talk through it and let's figure it out. And let's figure out if this, sponsorship is worth it or it's you know this commitment or can I can I go do this you know for this three-day period or is it going to be too hard on the family or should we all go so it's easier on his mind and then easier on me because he's coming home to the hotel every night helping me put right. the kids in. and you know 
I think people could look at that and be like, well, is that really necessary? And then, you know, I think back to like the times that the wrestling community has seen us together at events. And we were just, we did a camp in Buffalo when we were home this summer or this fall. And we had an African-American coach come up to us. He actually came up to me and Jordan was like talking with three of the kids, um, three of his wrestlers. And he was like, I know it's really hard for you to be here with, your kids, but he's like, you have no idea how important this is for these kids to see him taking care of his family. Yeah. So that's been like one of our missions that we just present ourselves like we are at home and, and always together. So that makes things easier when, you know, things on the business end or like the wrestling end, you know, when there's a devastating loss or when a business deal goes south, like and you're like, you have a lot of perspective. Yeah. And you know what's important and what really isn't. And to that, like when you talk about brand deals and you have gotten like the kind of family brand deals where you guys are all in, in many brands look at you guys as one where they want the whole package. What has that been like to navigate those waters? And, you know, like I remember, I think Jordan signed me, showed me a photo of a contract beacon signed during the <laughs> 2016 Olympics. Like, and it's like, how, how have you guys dealt with navigating those brand deals and those family deals? Uh, you just like know when, it, when something fits. It's the same way you, we navigate deals that are just like specifically for Jordan. Like what fits, what are we passionate about? And like, what's worth it? What can we, how far can we stretch ourselves without breaking? Right. Which we, we do a lot. Like we, we stretch ourselves pretty, pretty, pretty thin, but we know like just from over the last five years, like what we can handle and what, you know, the kids will look back at when they get to be adults and be like, that was really special. Um, so it, you know, and it's, like I said, it's the same, it's the same that we do when we, when we're approached about other deals, like, you know, Jordan's been approached about backing, um, like protein supplements or something that have like GMOs in it. And we're like, well, like we're pretty organic, clean. Like we, that's important to us. That's like one of our, one of the things that means a lot to us is like what we eat. So we're not going to say yes to a deal like that because it's like, well, that's not what we're about. Um, And I think a lot of times athletes are, you know, they have to, they have to make those tough decisions. Like, So there's a lot of money on the table, but do I drink Coke? Right. But in an Olympic year, there's very limited options. And two, it's like one of the things I was writing down when thinking about this conversation was the ability to decipher the opportunity versus the distraction. Like, I feel like so many people take on more than they can handle and it does become a distraction because like you said, especially if you're not passionate about it and it becomes more obligatory to post something or, or be involved or whatever, like... I'm assuming you guys have that too. Like, especially with Jordan, where Jordan's arguably the number one wrestler in the world. Everything isn't a good opportunity. Some things are just going to be distractions. And he's not like, he is very, very picky and specific about what he posts. Like Jordan does not post it. Will I remember you tell me that I, I can't remember what fitness product. Maybe it was like the mirror or something. They're like, you're like, Jordan, just post so we can get one. And he's like, no, I don't want water down my feet. Yes. There's like this, there was this awesome mirror that I wanted. And he was like, and, and they were like, we'll send you one. It was like a mirror that like you could do the fitness. Yeah. Class. Were, I tell Becca all the time. I want to get it. <laughs> I know. And he, uh, he's like, and he only had to post once for it. Like he just had to post once and he was like, no. Like he, he does not like to dilute his feed with ads unless it's something, and it's not even just like something that's worth it money wise. It's like something that will, um, elevate his, his brand and elevate his name. Um, you know, we did something with Calvin Klein and he loved Calvin Klein. He loves polo. Like the bigger companies that we've branded with, we're with Bridgestone now are like people and like people who have mission statements that he stands behind for the most part you know sometimes you're not gonna you you are not going to agree with absolutely everything company does but for the most part if you're 
supportive of them and their products. And it's something that he feels, like I said, is going to elevate his name, then yeah, we'll sign on. But he's not about like, let me post this so I can get a free. Right. right. Yeah. He's, and he's like, you said, like he's, he's done a ton to get himself there. Right. And we'll talk about that too in a few minutes. Um, another thing that, that fascinates me too, I think is you talk about it all the time, the importance of the, not only how committed you are to your spouse, but how committed you are to God and having such tight knit relationships. What has the role of faith been in your marriage and how much has it done for you throughout the marriage? I mean, it's, it's everything. It's, it's the same reason. Like we have people sometimes who sometimes we have friends of ours who aren't married and they just go about life and their partners and, people always ask like, well, why why aren't they married? And I'm like, well, they're not Christians. Like they don't believe like marriage is a Christian identity. That's like, as a Christian, that's, that's why we get married. Like, so for us, that's the whole reason why we're married, you know? And yeah, like you, you partner with someone, that's a beautiful idea too. But you know, marriage is Christianity and it's, um, you know, living, living out the mission that Jesus has set for our life. So for us, that's everything. That's our, you know, why we, why we do what we do, why Jordan does what he does, why we bring our family together. We believe that like, we're all on a mission together. Um, and yeah, that's become, that's become super important to us and, and our family story. And we hope that when people look at us, like they can see that that's, um, that's the bar that we're trying to reach. And I don't think any of us are ever going to reach it perfectly, but that's what we're striving for. So, And I'm sure it's got to help you ground it because I know even running a company, if I were just, if my standard was the people around me and other business owners around me, I would 100% make the wrong decisions. And you see that, especially in sports, like, especially at like, the Olympic level because it is it's usually twenty to thirty year olds. Like it's younger people who and and you see just so many different things from like I remember I think it was the London Olympics. It came out with an article like, oh, condom usage at an all time high, found everywhere. Like so many different things that I think um if if Jordan and you were to just look around at what other athletes are doing, I feel like you'd kind of get lost along the way. Yeah. Yeah, well it definitely dictates what you believe in who you are idolizing dictates everything that you do or it should. Um, and I think we're also, yeah, you're right. Like we, that was, there's so much nonsense that goes on in the storylines of the Olympics and the Olympic village. But I also think we're in a beautiful time of social media and um, just like people treating their families right and and really honoring that on social media and you know yeah. you look like people like Steph Curry who's a Christian and and really like promotes his family and and just other Christians who have that platform and who can show that they're taking care of their families and really like live out the life that they're projecting on social media like it's very hard to put one thing out there and then get away with not living that way anymore. Right. It's not back in the day where NFL players were like, you know, you, they would get in trouble all the time and you, you just hear about it through the grapevine. If, if somebody does something now, it's likely right. on somebody's phone or someone's being called out. And so I think there's good and bad with that. But I also think as hard as it is, and as many athletes as there are out there who aren't doing the right thing, we see a ton of them who are doing the right thing and, and it's really being idolized. And I love that. Like, I love that there's this opportunity to be an amazing athlete, to take care of your family, to treat your partner spouse in a relationship, right. And to raise your kids to, you know, be amazing individuals. And I, I think that's, um, that's something that's become really important to Jordan. Speaking about social media, let's transition a little bit to talking about the business of wrestling because this is what got our conversation started the other day. I think you're arguably one of the under 
I don't care if Willie thinks he's the greatest mind in wrestling. I think you're like under the radar one one of the greatest minds in wrestling because you've seen so much and you're very smart. So you don't just kind of take what you see at will. Like you you really think about things. And every time we're talking about the business of wrestling and like the marketing side of it, you not only have a lot of experience, you have a lot to contribute to it. And I'm curious on your perspective on a few things. Like one of the things we were talking about is building a brand. Like so many of these wrestlers just don't want to do it. And I talk to so many of these college kids and even the senior level guys now and the girls and they're like, yeah, I need to get better. And it's a tough sport because I do see some that are really good, but they haven't, they don't get traction. Right. What are your thoughts on building a brand as a wrestler and putting the work to get that done? Well, I think it's, it's not for everybody, right? We're all so different. And I think some people just naturally um, gravitate towards social media and toward sharing their story. Like I always think about it, like sharing your life, sharing your story. Some people are really good at sharing their story and their lives with people on social media. And, and it's an incredible platform for them. Um, I think about people like David Taylor. He always comes to mind when I think of social media because even before he won his world title and he was very accomplished in college, don't get me wrong. He, um, but like he was building his brand very yeah. early. Everybody knows he's the magic man. And, and like I said, that was before he won a world title. And I think who else? I mean, there's, there's just I like Snyder does a really good job. Snyder does a great job. And in, in the cool thing about Snyder is, you know what he's about, like, yeah. you know, what he stands for, you know, what's important to him. You, you can expect what he's going to post. Um, and like you, you just know his identity and his character through what he's posting and Bryce Meredith does an awesome job too. And you're looking at somebody who hasn't made a world team, you know, he's, and and didn't win an NCAA title. He's, he's created this brand and this following and he's sold, you know, he's selling shoes and apparel and he's, you know, he's not the best wrestler in the world. He's not the best wrestler in this country right now, but he does an incredible job of marketing himself. So I think that, but, but like I said, that's not everyone. Not everybody has that personality, but if you do, you have to, you have to really like plant the seeds and go for it. And that doesn't mean you need to share everything. Like Jordan has, is very specific about what he shares. And he's always been like that. Like he's, he's never just like, I mean, at least since we've been married, <laughs> we were talking last night about how, thank God, there was no social media back when we were younger. Right. Like, I think the same thing all the time. And now, like, you see people digging up people's tweets from, like, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and getting in trouble for it. But anyways, he, for the most part, in, in this successful part of his international career, or his whole international career, like, he's been very specific about what he posted and like the, the, what you see on social media from Jordan is who he is. And that's another thing that I think people, you know, you have to post. Well, I shouldn't say that you, you have to live the life that you project. You can't just put this facade out and then expect that it's going to be easy for you. There's going to be so much frustration in, in living your life out that way and proving to people that you are who you're putting on social media. Um, and so vice I think versa too. I think some people do like, I, I remember telling Jordan Oliver that specifically when he was suspended for the year, all he did was talk about how bad he wanted to wrestle. That's all he did. He didn't stop 30 times a day. And as soon as he got cleared, he did not stop wrestling. He went to every tournament, took every match. Like he backed it up. You could see that it wasn't just him trying to, you know, I think yeah, there's, was- Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's really important. And then there's like a flip side to that, right? You, I I know there was some discussion on Instagram last week because Jakara had posted something um, on social media that was like part of who she, you know, who she is and who she portrays herself to be and her personality. Um, And she was like, listen, this is me. Like, I'm just going to put myself out there and I'm not going to change who I am. And I'm going to say the things that I always said. And we were talking about it and we were like, yeah, like that's, you have to, because somebody's going to call you out if you're acting 
a different way. But but there is that side of that where you do like Jordan's at a position now where he's got a lot of responsibility with the things he posts. So, yes, be yourself, but also understand that you have a ton of people that are, you know, if you get successful enough who are following you. So you have to take that responsibility very seriously and just think about what like you said, like we just talk and think about a lot of things that we put out there. And there's some times where Jordan's like, I want to post this. I want to say this. What do you think of it? Like if there's ever something that's like border, not like for any reason he's showing hesitation, we sit down and we talk about it and we talk about all the ways that somebody could take it Yeah. Um, because that's important to him. Like whether it's a political statement or whether it's, you know, about just wrestling in general or a certain match or, you know, a certain wrestler, like there's a lot of thought and it's, it's not just like throw it out there and let's see how the world reacts. It's like, no, I have, I have a role here and I take it seriously. And, you know, when the time comes for me to say something that's really powerful, I'm going to say it if, if I think it's worth it. Um, and I think that that's something like people don't always think a ton about what no, they, they don't. And I didn't create a Facebook or a Twitter until after I started Bash Solutions. Yeah. And I'm grateful that that was the course. Cause like you said, I'm glad you can't go back. Like at least at a minimum, anything I said over the last 12 years, I've at least thought, could this be detrimental to my business? If I tweet this, if I post this. So I've right. always had at least something there that was a cause and effect. Like if I do this, this could come for people, especially kids. You don't have that yet. So these kids yep. who are just posting anything they want. Like Soriano isn't on a college. He's got like a hundred thousand followers already. It's wild. And it's only getting younger and younger that this is happening. And I think so many people too are, you do have people who are just scared to post. You have both sides of it. You have people who, overshare and probably yeah. shouldn't. And then you have people who never post because they're so afraid they want nothing yep. to do with it. And some of them come to me they're like, what should I do? I kind of want to get some brand deals. What do you mean? Like you don't, you want to post once a month. Yeah. And, and the, the biggest line I hear is listen, I'm not the guy who's going to post three times a day. I want to post once a month. And when I post, it's going to mean something. Well, yeah. that's fine. But that's not how it works on the brand side. And one of the things we were talking about is Jordan gets away with that now where he scales back his volume so much because yeah. look at how much content he put out for so many years where you talk about the difference between, you know, Olympic cycles and before world championships. And, you know, we talked about it when he was in the podcast, you know, at length kind of. And he's at least built himself the platform where once you have the audience and you've put the time in, fine, scale back. But a lot of these, like, let's say top three at the trials where you may be on the team, you may not be. If you're not on the team, especially, you have a lot of work to do to make yourself relevant, especially to brands. And I feel like so many people get lost in that. And I think wrestling, wrestling can be an entitled community where people kind of want to take more than they give. And I think that's true in the business side with the brands. It's like, okay, well, you should give me this deal because I'm so-and-so and I won this and I won that. And I know Cal and I talk about it because I'm like, dude, when you won the Olympics and you were in a Wheaties box, there was no conversation about what your reach was. It was right. what you just did. Now the conversation has shifted to, okay, you did this. Great. What's your reach? Because we yeah. might want to go with the fencer instead of, a soccer player because their reach is four times. Right. Yeah. And that's huge. It, well, and it's like that, the old saying, like it takes, what is it? Five years to build your reputation in five seconds to lose it. Right. Like it literally takes years <laughs> to build your reputation. Yeah. And, and then what we were talking about earlier, like you have to think about the things you're saying. Cause you just spent all that time building it. And I think that's a lot of the reason why Jordan Jordan always, he's always struggled with, do I capture this moment or do I live in it? And he's yeah. more of like, I live in it guy. And I try to like capture it a little bit more. Um, and that's the beauty of us being married. Like we balance each other out pretty well like that. 
but he's he also I think in the last few years has really established himself as like he's more of like a philosophical poster like he he likes to write a ton and he likes to really like put these powerful messages out there and that's really important to him and speaking and just motivating people um but yeah he he worked a really long time to get there and that that also speaks to if he would have posted these long winded things before he was successful, nobody would have read them. Right. But you know, he's a backstory now. Like he's, he's lived this incredible life in the wrestling world and lived it really in front of people that now he's gained this following of people who really just want to hear what he wants to say. And I think that's the beauty of, of those, you know, those five years you work so hard to build your reputation. Like, Make yourself so influential, so powerful, so successful that people want to hear what you want to say. Like, you know, and that doesn't mean being loud about things. Right. Maybe it's just the way you you do things or, you know, the way you win, the way you wrestle. If we're talking about wrestling, like, are you somebody that people want to watch wrestle? Do you just win or like, are you... Are you like with Jordan? Are you shooting blast doubles and it's fun to yeah. watch? Like Jordan Oliver, he's Yanni. Like, who doesn't want to watch Yanni? If Yanni's yeah. wrestling, I don't care who he's wrestling. I want to watch Yanni. Like, you you just have to establish your identity and whatever you do, set yourself apart and make yourself somebody that you know people want to hear what you say. And how throughout the course of the last you know, seven, eight years, how, what's the balance been like of having those ups and downs and ebbs and flows with kind of changing where and how you share and what you share? Has it changed a lot? Do you think with both, you know, as the time goes on, obviously you want to get older and you start thinking different, but at the same time too, he's had more and more success and you guys also have had kids so mm-hmm. as you continue, your, your life kind of continues to evolve. Have you noticed a difference in how you guys are sharing and how what you're trying to balance on that side? Yeah, I think you, you know, nobody wants to get older. Right. But the beauty of age is that you become so much more interesting. Yeah. Like you, you know, and, and it's not just getting married and having kids. It's the fact that, you know, Jordan has lost some pretty devastating matches. He's had struggles. He's had injuries. Um, you know, we've had, we had a miscarriage. Like, you know, we've been through stuff and people have been through a lot more stuff than we've been through, but people want to relate with you. Like people just don't want to hear that you were 69 and oh, and you didn't lose a match. And, you know, nobody can relate with that. Who do we know that was undefeated that long? Like, it's a really cool thing to have to talk about, but it's even cooler when you can curse kid who had a, like a really difficult tournament right. or who can't get over a hump. You know, there's a kid he can't beat or, you know, he's lost matches in the, fa- the final seconds and who've been through infant loss, who've, you know, struggled through, through different things in parenting. And I think that, has changed a lot you know we've we've become a lot more interesting in the, <laughs> in the last let's see since probably you know Rio honestly Rio was really hard we got we got so many messages after Rio and there was so much happening behind the scenes in our house just like talking and deep thinking about things and really like shifting your perspective on stuff and trying to live in the moment and all those things people talk about but you know, since, since Rio life has just, you know, you, you live, you live more and you experience more and people want to hear about that stuff. So I think the posting on Jordan's end too, has become a lot more rounded, well-rounded, just, uh, diverse, you know, he doesn't just post about wrestling. He posts about life and parenting and losses and just chasing dreams and stuff like that. And I, I think, I think, like I said, I think that's why people love reading those long posts. You have like young kids like reading 
probably more than they're often reading in school. It's just because Jordan posted it and because they follow his journey and our journey. And um, that's been really special to us. And just one of the most incredible things of this whole, this whole wrestling lifestyle that we have. I think the written word is so underrated today. I tell clients all the time, like they think, okay, I need videos. Okay. I need photo. I'm like, yeah, but the written word isn't going anywhere. Like write a story. Like if, if people are following a brand, whether it's an individual, a company, an athlete, whoever, they want to hear from you. So many people think, okay, our attention spans are down. I got to post a photo with three words. I think there's so much beauty in writing 10 paragraphs and maybe you yeah. maybe you get less likes, but the people that actually read it engage and get so much more out of it. Because now when you turn the tables and you make your content about your audience and what you can give to them instead of take from them, which is where I think Jordan's at. He's at that yeah. point where when he's posting something, especially these longer posts, he's posting to to give. He's not posting to take anything. It's not about I don't can't recall anything he's posted that's like like bait, like just yeah. trying to get likes. And, you know, one of the other things that's interesting, too, that we were talking about the other day is, you know, I think about it all the time from a marketing standpoint. Um, there's so many things people don't say and there's so many secrets. And, you know, but it's like what weight like we were talking about with what weight people are going. And, you know, I think there's a connection behind the secrets that people have in the sport and balancing how much you share publicly. Like on one hand, it's like, dude, you know what weight you're going? Why not say it? On the other hand, it's like before the social media era, like if this was 2008, it wouldn't be as big of a deal that we don't know what weight Jaden Cox is going. It wouldn't be a big deal because you wouldn't expect it. Now that we have this immediate access to information we expect that yeah there's an entitlement (laughs) right and i know like you know you guys have had your fair share of there's some things that you just have to keep personal whether it's for your career whether it's personal um whether it's stuff like a miscarriage or a surgery and you guys also have you know like you hit a pregnancy for six months very well like how have you in both of you really, but how have you balanced? And I know you kind of answered this with like talking about it, but I'm sure you have to constantly evolve what you keep secret and what you keep to yourselves with saying like, okay, if we share this, we could potentially reach people. But how have you balanced knowing when to keep things kind of real quiet? And when you're like, this could, this could be shared with people. Yeah. I think you have to kind of discuss and assess why you're posting something um and jordan's really good at this he's he always has like a a google doc running and he'll get like ideas of things to write and he'll just like throw it in the doc and sometimes he won't come back to this one idea until it's like a month later and he he like you know something came to him again and he has more content in his head to kind of expand on the idea that was originally what he thought of. Right. Um, So some of those posts that you see are things that, you know, maybe like a few months ago, that idea kind of sprung up in his head and it really didn't develop fully until, you know, the night before he posted it. And it's, it's well thought out and it's something that he's been thinking about for a long time. Um, so I think, and, and like I said, the, so the depth in the thought, of the idea behind the post has been, you know, discussed and, and really looked into and, and really thought about, and he's passionate about it. So it's like, I'm passionate about this and I know it's going to help people and I know it's going to inspire people. And then it's like, okay, well then that's, that's an easy thing to post. And then there's things that like, you know, he's working out in the gym and he hands James his camera and James takes a really cool picture. And it's like, this is just a sweet picture. Yeah, like you totally. Images, written word is awesome. Yep. <clears throat> images are awesome. But when you can combine written, like a great message with a great photo, yeah. like one of my favorite posts that he's ever put up, actually, go figure, was like a few weeks ago. And it was just him in a gym. And it was talking about like the solitude in training. 
And the image was so powerful. Yeah. Like this image alone, he could have put like one word under that image. And it would have been like, wow, this image is powerful. But that post blew up because of the message underneath it and the image. So it was like, when you can combine those two things and you know, like that's one of those things he handed it to me and I read through it and I was like, this is going to be great. Like this is, this is something that's going to move people no matter what they do. It's going to elevate people and it's going to inspire people to live you know, in a way that they've been desiring to live or at least like inspire yeah. stay, motivate them for that day. Did so, he have that written out before he had the picture? He, no, that actually I asked, I was like, is this one of the thoughts you had in your Google doc? And he was like, no, that, that time that picture inspired the thought. Yep. She saw he was at an ASICS photo shoot a few days before that. And it was just like, they like made a wrestling room out of this, like, weird looking room you could say it looks like there's like metal yeah. on the or something and he the guy just like snapped a picture and a lot of times when he goes to these photo shoots like the photographer will send him a few of the photos yeah. just like so he can see them or you know before they're actually published anywhere so he has access to the photos and he saw that he sent that photo and he was like he was he was useless <laughs> to the family for a few hours because he was just like so I do the same thing. I literally, like, I have so many in my notes app on my phone. I have so many different, like, stories and things I want to, like, share with people. And then I'll see the perfect photo and vice versa. Like, I remember, like, we got our wedding photos last week. And I saw certain photos. And I started writing certain things. I'm like, man, the backstory behind this is so much more powerful. If you think about, like, yeah, like, I posted one thing about um, I did a side-by-side, like, a slide picture where there was one picture of me like sitting and pouring rain all sad like two years ago and then it's a picture of me holding becca's wedding dress and that one picture of me holding a wedding dress wouldn't have been nearly as powerful as seeing the picture of what looks like me crying in rain and then i talk about the story of god making beauty from ashes and i kind of had that story already written out but when i saw the picture and i saw the comparison like it was so much more powerful for sure yeah the beauty of certain images and just the blessing of having people take pictures of you and of your journey is so special. Like we we're constantly toying with the idea of just paying someone to follow us around because <laughs> that's where so much of Jordan's content comes from is just yeah. like from yeah. people who have come over and taken pictures with us or taken video and spent time with our family. And then, you know, the visual aspect is so powerful when you have the messages to add to them. So yeah, I, I think, you know, when you have like a kind of a slam dunk like that, you have great imagery and great messages. It's like, and, and you know, your audience is going to love it. It's like, let, let's do right. it. Right. Well, you have to know your audience. And this is like one of the last things we'll talk about and I'll let you go here. But like, I feel like with social and building a brand, like you have to know your audience and you have to know what they want. And even like anytime I do this podcast, it's like, okay, thinking about, you know, the people who subscribe and thinking about when you retweet this and what people who follow you will want to hear. It's like trying to give them value and and give whether it's entertainment, whether it's value, what, you know, whatever it is, Jordan does do a really good job. And so do you like, first of all, you need to use your blog more. This You only posted once in 2019. (laughs) um, New Year's resolution. But like both of you do a very good job of knowing what people want. And kind of saying, yeah. okay, I know you kind of want insight into this. So I'll give you that. So many people are creating content that like they want. And I'm okay with that in the sense of like, there's things I post for the sake of, I want to look back at this post in three years, in four years. When we have kids, I want to share the, this with them. And that helps me to... <laughs> I'll be right down, okay? I'm going to finish this and I'll be right back. <laughs> like, it, it helps them when you like I'll post something and I'll know, okay, this is simply just for me knowing that in five years, I want to have this memory, but you also have to evaluate what you think your audience wants and build it through providing actual valuable content, not just what you think is valuable. Yeah. Well, for sure. And, and sometimes that gets difficult because you can have different audiences. Like when Jordan's, started I think his audience was 
you know, mostly young male wrestling fans. Yep. And then, you know, you grow and you win more and you win the Olympics and then you have, you know, like just national fans that maybe aren't even like just Americans that aren't necessarily wrestling fans. And then he goes to Iran and he's like a national hero there. Right. And then he's this whole, like, if you go on Jordan's insights, it is incredible. He showed me it. He showed me it before. David Taylor's is the same thing. It's yeah. It's like Tehran. The city yep. of Tehran like is huge. So then you have the Iranian fans and then, you know, you get married, you have kids and you have husbands and wives and, you know, just like, other people in the athletic community that have families that just love following for that reason. So I think it becomes harder as you really diversify yourself. But also the beautiful thing about that is that you're reaching more people and you are just growing your brand so that you're not just this niche athlete. And like, and that's what you were saying earlier. I think like, you know, there's a lot of these athletes that just want all these deals in wrestling and they want them to just come to them. And it's like, okay, are you really just trying to be successful in wrestling? Because if that's the case, you're not going to get very far. Like you have to be successful. You have to build your brand so that it's something that people, that wrestling fans want to be a part of, but that athletes, that sports fanatics want to be a part of, you know, like really, I think. Is there a parallel there to when you were, you know, it's interesting because you have the background. You went to Columbia for journalism, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you have the background of journalism. I'm sure there's a parallel there. Of you're right. You you can't tailor to you can't tailor what you post to everybody, but you do have to try to find that worth and value in the content on what you share. It's kind of similar to being a journalist. Like, it's the same thing. Like, are people going to like this? Yeah. Well, and it's it's like it's it is like journal. It's like sports journalism. Like. Are people, if you are a sports fan, or say you're a wrestling fan or whatever, a basketball fan, are you going to read a good profile story on an athlete if it's a great story, no matter what sport they're playing? Like, yes. I I mean, Jordan and I do it all the time. We love, like, reading stories about um, just, like, Jordan was reading something about a skateboarder the other day. Um, and then like, obviously we always read stuff about LeBron and Serena and like the big name athletes, but these are athletes that have, they have so many different aspects of their lives that they put out there. And I think, yeah, it, it parallels to social media. Like you, are you just going to try to satisfy the people within your niche sport? I think you can start there. I think that's a great start. Like, you know, let me build my brand within wrestling, but the success and the platform, it's not its not going to go very far if that's all you're reaching for. Like, are you trying to inspire more than just the wrestling community? Or are you just trying to inspire, you know, the, the people who are going to be at NCAAs? So. Yeah, there's, there's so much to overthink in there. And I feel like sometimes if you just try to simplify it, you'll also go farther by just being genuine. I think you can kind of the the short answer to a lot of this is if you are genuine and you're just sharing your story and sharing your life, you're going to you don't have to overthink it. No, you don't. And and I think that's a lot of what a lot of these guys are doing now. They just share who they are. They're passionate about what they share. You know, we're so blessed in the wrestling community. There's so many inspiring men and women and like deep thinking men and women smart individuals like wrestling is not in a shortage of people who could be successful for not only their wrestling but for who they are as people too and you know i say it all the time like when we're up in colorado springs at training camp like a lot of people this summer i took the kids and i drove three separate times by myself up to colorado which is about an eight-hour drive and i have like a lot of friends like are you crazy? <laughs> and I was like, I'm literally in a room filled with incredible individuals who I get to raise my kids around. Like my kids get to look to like guys like Kyle Snyder and Jaden and, you know, obviously my own husband and see their work ethic, but also that they're just like special and fun and they love people. And, um, 
they just, they just, they're inspiring. And those are the kind of people that I want my kids around. Those are the kind of people, you know, I want my kids to follow. If my kids had social media, I would love them following half right. of the rest of the community because they're amazing. So I think, yeah, I, like you, like this, how this conversation started, like there's no reason that wrestlers cannot be su- successful from a business standpoint because there's, there's so many amazing individuals in the sport with so much potential. There is. Well, listen, I know you got your hands full over there. I see little ones that are wanting your attention. So, well, listen, thank you for taking the time. I know you claim you're just bored because you're, what, 40 weeks and two days now? Yeah, I'm over pregnant. I'm yeah. over pregnant now. Well, I'm sure the baby will be here probably any day now. At least. Let's hope. Let's hope. We'll have a new little girl to introduce to the world. It'll be fun. I can't wait to – you always come up with the best names. And I know you, you don't find the sex out until you have the baby, correct? Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of in that period where we're like impatient, but just want to know if it's a boy or girl. And I've never had to wait. I had both of um, my son and daughter early. Beacon and Orr came early. So this baby has been like just such a surprise on so many levels. So it'll be fun. We'll have a cool name. And um, yeah, it'll be a good way to, to head into 2020. Head into 2020 with a new baby and head out with Jordan's second Olympic gold medal. Going to be a good year. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you listening to this episode. Send me your feedback. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next week for another great episode. See ya. And the beat goes on.